Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast, where come rain, shine, or anything in between, we're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. I'm Ace Edwards, right alongside... Connor Baltazar. And today, well, <clears throat> it's a rainy day, indeed. We, we we lost to the Texas Horns Downs. I, there's, there's no other way to put it. I am sad. We should be. I, the game sucked. I hated it. I had to listen to it, then watch it, and then watch it again to make sure I didn't miss anything. I was in Arkansas for the majority of this game because my parents wanted to go see the MU-Arkansas game. And, uh, by the way, Arkansas's stadium may seat more, but it is somehow smaller than Bell Snyder Family Stadium. That is really strange. Yeah. Um, that's neither here nor there. Let's just talk about K-State. Also, apologies for sounding a little bit, you know, craggly. I, uh, every time I travel back and forth from someplace, my immune system decides that it's going to go haywire. But let's just get right into it. K-State lost 22-17, to and let's just, we always have over-the-top things. So let, let's spoil a few takes right off the bat here. <clears throat> we burned Will's red shirt for a grand total of 13 passes and 8 runs. Why? Why? Like, even if, like, because Connor wasn't, he, you were okay with the move of burning his red shirt. Because you, you wanted him to have different eligibility than Rubley. Yeah. But, like, if you were told that that's what we burned his red shirt for, would you have still been okay with it? No. I mean, yeah, we got the 71-yard touchdown. I was like, great, because I figured we would use him more, and then we just kind of didn't. And I was, I was dumbfounded because, like, the game plan for him was just utterly atrocious. It's like we were giving him everything that he was not good at doing. And the only time we were actively using passing concepts that played to his advantage were the second-to-last drive where we just kind of, like, lost our minds on third and fourth down and were dumb. And then the scramble drive where the clock mysteriously just kind of didn't stop running, like, on the first down, which... It honestly barely matters, but it is a little sus. <laughs> yeah. But that yeah, will, like, when we were letting him get into a rhythm in situations like that, he honestly wasn't awful. But for most of the game, he was not great. And some of it is him. Like, he, he had two deep balls, and neither of them were good. And other than that, he didn't do anything spectacular at all. He had a pretty bad overthrow to Malik. But he is not responsible, I think, for most of what went wrong. Like, a lot of people are blaming him, but he was not the culprit on uh, Friday. No. I'm not going to revamp the, the Okie State rant. That One of those is enough for a year. Yeah, that we can move on. Yeah. <laughs> then, just, Mess shouldn't, let me, let me, let's clarify this. We don't hate messing him as a person. He Sw- seems, swell guy. He seems like a genuinely good dude. Mess really probably shouldn't have been allowed back on the bus after his performance. No, it was awful. And what hurts the most is that this comes after a very solid stretch of games for Mess, even a few great games that he called, where he just was in his he was in his back with his play calling for the most part. Now he had a few duds here and there, uh, like the TCU shotgun on the one yard line. Like that's weird. But for the most part, he called very good games and put us in position to win games against either inferior or equal competition. And we played well and looked superior in those games, even against Baylor. He called a pretty solid game. It's just that we had unusually poor QB play. Like, I have no idea what he was thinking with Texas. In a lot of ways, this game is the anti-Baylor. Yeah. Because it was brought down... It was a team that we should have beat in an away environment against a team that had mentally checked out, and what held us back was play calling, not QB play. Yeah, basically. Like, Texas, at about the end of the first quarter... uh especially just like kind of moving forward into the uh after the will howard touchdown they just kind of looked like they didn't care to me and we just allowed them to crawl back into the game and 
Bub, they figured out that Roshan Johnson Wildcat was working because they've literally never done that in human history. And it just kind of worked because Casey Thompson was just so badly hurt that he couldn't really throw the ball. And they figured out it was working and it just gave him energy. And then Mess also forgot how to run an offense for most of the game. Yeah. Yeah, so final note over the top, we just got beat by a team that doesn't care and did not care while they were playing the game. No. That that is a bitter pill to swallow. Yeah. It that was a very very hard game to watch. I've watched a lot of K-State, uh, hundreds of K-State games throughout my life, and that was one of the most difficult watches that I've ever had, especially the second half because it felt like after the Will Howard touchdown that we should have been in control because we had all the momentum they just did not look like they knew what they were doing the defense was buckling down they were figuring it out and then we just stopped yeah anyway let's get into the general game day recap which is basically just the stats section offensively will howard was nine for 13 for 65 yards eight for 82 on the ground and one t one touchdown he was given two deep shots the entire game. It was the right read both times, just really bad ball placement. Which, like, the problem with Will like, isn't his mental. It's it's a lot of, it's some other things, which we'll go into later. But I just want to point out that we gave him two opportunities to go deep. And we gave him, like, two opportunities to go intermediate. One was a catch to Tyrone Howell, who... You know, gone forever, transfer portal. Goodbye. Goodbye, Tyrone. Goodbye. We salute you. <laughs> yeah, goodbye. We'll miss you. It was All we'll have of you is that, you know, mossing of Darrell Jones, and then you refuse to elaborate and then left. Yeah, finishes his KC career seven catches for 98 yards. Oh, boy. Shame. And then the other one was a deep over route to Malik, which was an overthrow. But you, they just didn't give Will a chance to throw the ball. Rushing, he was fine. But... yeah. That's not what you want. This is not Colin Klein. Will Howard is not Colin Klein. He will never be Colin Klein. He's not a wrecking ball. He's a quarterback. Stop. Stop making him be mini Colin Klein. Yeah, I I don't understand it at all. We just weren't giving him concepts that were conducive to what he's good at. And the few times that we did where we were running something where it's like we kind of know he's good at that, like the bubble screen, like Landry just completely forgot how to block, which has been one of the calling cards of his game he's a blocking wide receiver and he's really good at it and he just didn't kind of for, for that one play like i don't know i don't know just pretty rough stuff all around nothing was good offensively other than deuce and we kind of forgot about him for most of the second half especially the third quarter was horrible like we've it was maybe the worst k-state third quarter since uh, the Messingham uh, offense has been instituted, and there's been a lot of really bad third quarters. Yeah. Like, gosh, that was so bad. Yeah. Speaking of Deuce, he was 24 for 143 on the ground with a touchdown, then two receptions for seven yards. And uh, Deuce is Deuce. He's good. He's going to get his. Yeah. He was just so much better than the entire Texas defense. When he got outside, it was absolutely hilarious to watch him. Just, like, he was elite at creating bad angles again. Like, just watching the pursuit angles that he would, like, get a defensive player to commit to an angle and then just say, well, that is not going to work anymore, and then just go around them. Like, the touchdown run he had, like, it was vintage deuce. Yeah. Let's just speed through the receptions here. Brooks was the only receiver not named Deuce Vaughn who had more than one catch. He had two for nine. Howell, Wheeler, Knowles, Hommel, and Jax all had one catch each. I Who knows for how many yards. The, the point is is that anemic, it doesn't even come close to describing our offensive performance. I We couldn't do anything. I think we ended up, what, like two for eight on third? It... Well, at least it felt like it. Uh, we were 1 for 9 on 3rd down and 0 for 2 on 4th, which we've been historically great at 4th down this year. And 
we just ran two drives in a row. We run the most uninspiring uh, plays on short yarded situations. Like the one place that we're probably not going to beat Texas is when they just have to out athlete us. And that is the only thing they have to do because that is what they are is athletes. Yep. And that's it. And we continuously put ourselves in situations where we had to out athlete one of the most athletic teams in the country. Yeah, and surprise, surprise, it didn't work. <laughs> yep. Who could have guessed? Who could have possibly figured that one out? Because when we were running regular rushing concepts, we were pretty great. Uh, Deuce, he had second best rushing performance of his career. Uh, 143 yards. He was great. So, I, we just decided not to. Also, Jacardier did not get a single carry this game. Like, we know now that Joe, Joe Irvin, uh, gone forever. Gone forever, <laughs> Hernandez. Yeah, he uh, is now in the portal. and I'm assuming it was a combination of that and him being a little banged up from the Baylor game that he didn't play. But Jacardia didn't get a single carry. DJ Giddens, I don't even know if he made the trip. Clyde Price. Yeah, Clyde Price, he was there on the sideline. He was hype. He was he was excited. The Clyde Price special. He, he was hyping up the team. He didn't. He, he, I've never seen him holding a helmet in my life. <laughs> like, no, he was holding his helmet when he was hyping people up. Okay, I I, I didn't see it. I, I I just always assume he like sets it down on the sideline somewhere so he, he gives can it like someone else and jump around a little bit more. <laughs> it's like an emergency helmet in case someone forgets theirs. <laughs> but yeah, Deuce was the only running back that carried the ball. Malik had a couple sweeps. One was really good. The other one was not. Like I I don't know. I feel like I'm talking myself in circles. It sucked. It was one of the most painful K-State watching experiences I've ever had because we could have... I feel like we could have just Nevada'd Texas at any given point and won that game. Yeah. And we simply elected not to do it. And I'm going to say it like that. We chose not to because we actively made a choice to not take the easy path. Yeah. Man. Defensively, though, we can have a little bit more of a smile on our face. With the statistics, TJ Smith had a pick and four tackles. Daniel Green had 10 tackles, one and a half TFLs, and a QB hurry. Julius Brents had seven tackles and a TFL. The Ross Boss had seven tackles. Fletcher had five tackles and a TFL. Reggie had four tackles and two and a half TFLs. Jalen Pickle had four tackles, one TFL. The same stat line for Russ of four tackles, one TFL. Felix had three ta- tackles, and Huggins had our lone sack. So, statistics oftentimes don't tell you the story behind a, a defensive performance. The defensive performance that K-State put up, while certainly worse than the first half, was overall one of the most massively respectable performances that I've seen, especially because we were on the same side as, like, we were going up against Xavier Worthy, who... Yeah, Xavier Worthy is probably the best receiver in the conference, and I'm including Marvin Mims and like Theo. I'm including all the Oklahoma receivers, and he's a true freshman. Yeah, Xavier Worthy scares me. <laughs> yeah, and Xavier, like while he was playing a little injured, regardless of him being hurt, he is still one of the most dynamic weapons in the conference when he's a little banged up. <laughs> and we, for the most part, played pretty well. We only gave up like a one big play to him. And the first time, the first play of the game, when they tried to give him a screen pass, like we blew that up and then proceeded to have a horrible drive. <laughs> like, but defensively, Daniel green was absolutely insane. He was awesome. Uh, Brent's had a ridiculous amount of tackles. He was actually pretty good in run support uh, for the most Which part. Was the knock against his game, but you yeah. know, here we are. Yeah. TJ Smith had probably his best game on the year other than the uh, Stanford game. Uh, he had the interception on the underthrow from Casey Thompson, which absolutely mind-boggling play call from Texas. Yeah. After they just run the ball down our throats, they go first and 10, just get the ball back. We're going to deep shot with a quarterback that has an injured throwing hand. And, and lo and behold, he underthrew it by quite a bit. So TJ just had to like be in the area. He didn't have to yeah. like... Granted, it was solid coverage regardless, but a perfectly placed ball, and that's a catch. Yeah. But it was nowhere close to perfect. Um, the elusive 12th sack continues to... Just not. Yeah, just not exist for Felix. 
Uh, Eli Huggins, though, he's been looking really good. I'm going to really miss Eli. Uh, Stubby was great. He was uh, playing. He was really motivated, I think, to play against Texas. Uh, really, the two like te the two Texas guys that like stood out, Stubblefield and Vaughn, like the guys that grew up Texas fans and now play for K-State, they had excellent days. Absolutely. Yeah, that's pretty much all that needs to be said about defensive stats. Now, let's get into game day grades, where we take every single position and rate them on a grade of F to A+. F meaning they single-handedly lost us the game, and A+, meaning they almost single-handedly won us the game. And we include coordinators in those positions. Let's just start from the top with the quarterback's grade, or I guess Will Howard's grade. And I'm going to... Let me tell you something. This is the one and only time that I have been tempted to give someone just an incomplete grade. Because what do you want me to grade him on? His two deep shots that were overthrown? Okay, yeah, those weren't great. The overthrow to Malik? Yeah, that wasn't great. He was asked to throw the ball 13 times. And he completed nine of them. And most, um, like some of those were screen. Like, he wasn't asked to do anything because the offense didn't mm -hmm. trust him. The few times that he was asked to actively do something, like on that last drive when he like had to throw the end ball to Wheeler and he had the ball to Knowles uh, as well at one point. I mean, he was like, when we gave him intermediate stuff to actually do, he was generally pretty good other than that one overthrow to Malik. And even then, he still got a hand on it. And, like... Like, he was fine. Yeah, we like, just weren't asking him to anything like i i didn't want to give him an incomplete grade but just know that i genuinely flirted with the idea but the performance he had i gave him a d plus and like that's not really on him but it's just like i would want him to do more with what he was given so maybe he would get more yeah but yeah i give him a d plus as well actually uh and it was basically just because he was underwhelming. Uh, he had the big run. Uh, he At that moment, I really thought we were going to blow the game open, and we proceeded to have, them, have the most milk toast final two and a half quarters I've ever seen. And, wow. Uh, Howard, he gets a D plus because after the first quarter, we just didn't really give him much to do. Yeah, he had the overthrow to Malik. It was his first pass on the day. I simply don't care. Uh, the Howell uh, comeback was good. The pass to Wheeler was good. I forget who we threw it to on that last drive when we got another first down. That was in, that ended up being the final play of the game. That was Deuce. That was Deuce? Yeah, because it was a check down. Oh, really? The final play of the game was a check down to Deuce. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah. Then the other play was a completed pass on the run, yeah, to, which he you know looked good. Yeah, to Wheeler. Yeah, and then the, I mean, you only yeah. have like literally five names to pick from. So yeah, when he was on the run, he actually was throwing better. I thought the he had he threw on the run to Jacks. Uh, he threw on the run to uh, Malik, I believe, for his one reception. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Wheeler, that was that was probably his best throw on the his most accurate throw on the day. And uh, other than like Howell, that was a fine pass, I guess. We're probably overanalyzing a very small body of work, but like. I mean, he's quarterback. Like, it, we just... I, I feel like with Howard, if we had an offense where we actively tried to play to his strengths as a passer, which is going to be short to intermediate stuff where we he doesn't have to sit and think too long, like, he'd be a, a fine quarterback. He To me, that, like, he has the floor of Jarrett Dagey. I was about to say that. Like, I he, was literally going to say that verbatim. He is He could be Jarrett Dagey. As a floor. Yeah. Not necessarily in terms of total yards, but efficiency. Like, I think he could be Jared Dagey. Like, that's not asking a lot because Jared Dagey's not particularly great. But he's totally slightly below average. Like, he's efficient. He, he's inoffensive. He will game manage all of your games. Yeah, like... He will manage the heck out of your game. <laughs> will he win you many games? No. Will he lose you many games? No. Yeah. He's fine. Yeah, but instead, yeah, we're giving Will an offense designed for a different, more experienced quarterback that has different strengths and weaknesses. And then, when we give him stuff that is exclusively for him, we think he's Colin Klein. He's not Colin Klein! Yeah, like, Klein, 
like I won't even go as far as to say as Klein was much a much better passer because most of his receivers were wide open. Like when you think about most of his touchdowns, a lot of them were wide open other than the West Virginia game in 2012, where he just absolutely lost his mind and was in for about 60 minutes. He was the best quarterback on the planet. And <laughs> like, like the throw to Harper, the throw to Lockett, he was incredible that day. But most of the, for the most part, like, like he wasn't an insane passer. He made some strides, but like, like there's there's no reason that Will Howard shouldn't be able to make those strides, especially when you think about Colin Klein and his sophomore season against Texas. We did not trust him so much to throw the ball that he threw four passes against Texas, and we won that game like thirty nine to ten. And Will still a second year, really his first year in terms of development, just true development. So step away from the ledge with Will. Mess is a different story. We'll, we'll get to him. But we'll get to him. Now we can talk about running backs. Deuce gets an A. Deuce, it's literally just Deuce. Deuce gets an A. And Jacardier, by God, he ran some great check downs that didn't even get looked at. <laughs> Good for you, Jacardier. By God, he was on special teams coverage. He, he was doing great work. Good job, Jacardier. You had a gold star A for effort. <laughs> Deuce was awesome. He gets an A. Yeah. That's it. Wide receivers, again, tempted to give them incomplete. But, like... Eric Hommel got a catch. Eric Hommel got a catch. Like, they didn't do anything. They get a D plus. I mean, a, honestly, anything I say is just... I gave, him, I gave him a C minus. I gave him, like, a D minus because, like, like who cares? Like, they like, weren't asked to do anything. They were running... Like, I feel like their route running somehow took a dip. But also... Most of the plays, I couldn't necessarily see their route running because they weren't throwing the ball. Yeah. Like, I give them a C-, basically the same reason, because I I start everyone default at a C, and they just, they were a net negative almost exclusively because of Landry Weber not blocking on the one bubble screen. That's how small the body of work was. <laughs> I'm taking I'm taking the Philip Brooks like running eighteen yards backwards on a jet sweep into account too. Oh, I forgot about that. Hmm. I'm gonna give him a D plus instead. Because yeah. that was really bad. Cause that that derailed one of our few good drives. So sorry receivers, you're going from a C minus to a D plus. Yeah, I forgot about Brooks's error in the midst of all of the other errors. So, yeah, D-plus in the receivers. Uh, th- they didn't drop any. No. Uh, other than technically, I guess if you wanted to get ticky-tacky, you could say Malik should have one-handed catched the poor throw. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know what? Maybe, maybe. But, like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. D plus. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Tight ends, fullbacks. Jax killed someone. He did. I he think he. Catch. Yeah, he got a catch. He killed somebody. That was pretty cool. Wheeler got a catch. Wheeler had a catch. Bebe. Uh, he gave. I remember very distinctly this random moment where the offense was trotting onto the field to start a new drive, and Bebe gave Will a pat on the back. That was nice. They get an A plus. A plus. A plus for the paddle po- back. Positivity. Positivity. C. They get a C. I gave him a B, just because I wanted to have something nice to say. <laughs> like well, Jack's Jack's killing someone. That was very entertaining. Uh, manslaughter on live television is always fun. Uh, yeah. And then um, uh, he had uh the catch. That was nice. It reminded me of like the entire game plan against Oklahoma State last year, which <laughs> we just threw. Jax is our leading receiver. Yeah, I, you know. <laughs> that was an interesting day. We should have won that game. We should have. Neither here nor there. But Literally, maybe Will Howard places a ball six inches in another spot and we win that game. Because remember, yeah. it was the overthrow on the post, which was the perfect decision. And literally six inches lower, it's a perfect throw. Yeah, I forgot about that. And then the, if he doesn't fumble. Uh, oh, right, the baby gazelle fumble. Yeah, that hurt. That really hurt. Anyway, you I, said you were looking for some... Wait, are you done? Yeah, basically. Okay. You said you were looking for something positive to say. That actually comes with me in the offensive line. Because I think the offensive line performed really admirably. 
I don't. I, I, you guys can't hear it, but it sounds like someone's like frying chicken in my house. But anyway, <laughs> what are you doing in my house? I want waffle fries. Anyway, I feel like the offensive line performed like really admirably. Was was Will sacked on the day? He was not. Yeah, Will wasn't sacked on the day. Granted, they did not give him any pass. Shut up. <laughs> they blocked pretty well, except for on those two plays that, well, three, three. Well, four plays that will yeah. not be named. Yeah, like, and Will did have the one read option where he makes the right read, and if he doesn't get tripped up randomly by a defensive end, it just kind of puts his arm out. Like, those blocked pretty well. Like, he probably gets a 10-yard rush, but instead it was, like, two. But, like, yeah. that's ticky-tacky. But to me, the, the offensive line played very well. They get a B-plus from me. I gave him a B-plus as well, just because, yeah, they were good. Uh, Noah Johnson was doing very well in his pull blocks. That was something I noticed watching the broadcast of the game. Uh, Noah Johnson was pulling really well. And, like, it was noticeable that, that he was doing a good job. So, thumbs up, Noah, Noah Johnson. You were not the reason that we lost that game. You were not even close to the reason that we lost that game. So, good for you, Noah. It's coming. It's, it's coming. Here it comes! Um, <laughs> we got three more positions before it comes. Defensive line, A, they matched up really well with them in the trenches. And other than a slightly rough first half, they really, really put it together in the second half, as did everyone on the defense. Yep. So, they get an A. I have an A-. minus. The only reason I didn't give them an A is because I would have liked to see them finish a few more pass rushes and record a sack, which that's ticky-tacky, but like that is a difference between like an A and an A-, minus because they still did really well. Yeah. And, uh, Matt, look, he was really good. Uh, Felix was getting a lot of pressure. Uh, Huggins, he had the one sack. Uh, Pickle was really good, too. Yeah. Uh, then Timmy, uh, he was being a, a little menace there in the middle. Actually, a big menace. Very uh, big menace. Gigantic menace. Um. I'm going to miss Timmy so much. Uh, but we are getting the Uso Seamalu uh, in the uh, uh, Juco transfer, which we still haven't talked about him because we have to do that recap episode. Yeah, because we took Thanksgiving off. Yeah, we did take Thanksgiving off. Oh, God, I just realized we're going to have to cover everything in the transfer port. Uh, I'd rather not. I'd rather not. Though we will. Thank you, but Alicat's canceled. <laughs> we're canceling the show temporarily. So we don't nope, have to talk forever. about the portal. Okay. Forever. All right. Well. Our bonus wings take caught up with us. Oh, dear. <laughs> but, yeah. Linebackers is next. I, like, again, this is another spot where I just gave them an A-. minus Because they performed really well, especially Daniel Green. Daniel Green's a monster. Yeah, I'm he, glad he decides to come back this week. I'm happy somebody asked him that. Because I was going to be anxious about that for a while. And he just came out and said it, like, that he's going to be back next year. And that he has unfinished business, which I, I love it when college players say that and like the team goes like like eight and four. <laughs> <laughs> this was supposed to be the revenge tour year. Yeah, like this was the revenge uh, year, and we did, well we didn't do worse than last year. No, we definitively did better. Yeah, but like, but also man, like also man, but yeah, linebackers a minus. I have an a minus as well. Daniel Green was absolutely nuts. He was flying over the field again because he's really good. Uh, Fletcher was good. Nick Allen got hurt, unfortunately. That sucked. Yeah. Uh, and then Austin Moore was, like, solid in relief. Other than that, again, like, we had that four-man linebacker rotation. I will be a happy man if uh, we go out and get an instant impact transfer at linebacker. Also... We'll touch on him more in the recap episode, but Topio Sinsami, K-State linebacker commit, has been upgraded to a four-star on 24-7. Now also follows us on Twitter. Yeah, and he follows us on Twitter as well. So, so he's basically a five-star. Yeah, he's great. Matt, we love Topio Sinsami. And Who you say his name? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but Toby, that'll be really good. He'll do big things. I basically just stated verbatim our quote tweet. So yeah, basically. We'll, we'll talk about him a little bit more uh, on the recap episode. Yeah, you're... Yep. Now we get to talk about the defensive backs, which was another bright spot. I gave them an A minus because you know Brents did get himself mossed by their tight end. That then, was unfortunate. That was really unfortunate. And then Echo un- had the unfortunate honor of having to go against Xavier Worthy, which like granted Echo held his own, but 
you're not going to win every rep against Xavier Worthy. You could no. be Jalen Ram Jalen Ramsey right now probably doesn't win every rep against Xavier Worthy yeah. as a freshman. I mean, yeah, Echo was facing a, a borderline NFL starter. <laughs> and like, he held him to six catches for sixty five yards. And And a lot of the like some of that wasn't yeah. even on him. The one big catch he made was also the one where he got hurt, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was just kind of he found a hole in the zone. Like like our coverage just didn't line up with the route that he was running, and then TJ Smith punished him for it. So yeah, like and he somehow held on to that ball, which just shows how good he is. Like Xavier flip. Yeah. Any other most other receivers in the conference, if we give up six catches or sixty five yards to them, I'd be like, oh my gosh, they're killing us. But I actually felt like he was pretty quiet most of the game because I was expecting to have like one hundred fifty receiving yards on us. Yep. So. Half tip to the secondary. They they did pretty well. Granted, Casey Thompson was hindered by injury, but I simply don't care. And they did well anyways. So I gave him a I think I gave him an A. Yeah, I gave him an A. It's the time. Yeah. I I gave a new grade. I I, I gave one that I haven't given before. Oh god. It's still a letter grade, but God. We get to talk about the coordinators now. Would you like to start with offense? <laughs> let's just let's start with defense. Okay, I, let's, I, let's flip the order yeah, just this once. Yeah, I was gonna say we normally go the other way, but I I feel it's prudent to start with the the good side. Yeah. So we'll start with Klanderman. Klanderman, yeah, Klanderman called himself a really good game. Like the combinations of coverages that he was calling was like he. Ever since they, they've simplified the, ste- the scheme to just have it be based on playing speed rather than, like, intricacies and coverage. Basically, they just went from being themselves from, like, trying to be Oki State, and you're not going to be Oki State. No. No one is going to be especially, Oki State. Especially in year one of a new scheme. No. Like, because you have players that, like, were experienced in the four two five. Like, Drama McPherson's played, like, four years in the four two five defense here. And you can't expect him to just switch over to the three through five or get every coverage intricacy that he's committed to muscle memory and then just be immediately great at three three five, which we saw. Yeah. But yeah, Klanderman called himself a really good game. He really did. So I honestly just gave him an A. I gave him an A. He deserved it. I gave him an A as well. Uh Klanderman, he was really good. The only times that we really struggled were like that first drive and a couple other random drives. Also, when we didn't convert that fourth down uh, late in the game, Roshan Johnson just eviscerated the defense for a few plays, but then they just kind of buckled down and did really well mm-hmm. and uh, just kind of figured it out. So I give them credit for recovering there. And they they did well. Honestly, I, I was pleased with the defensive performance for the most part, save for a few frustrating drives, which in modern college offenses, that is going to happen. And even though Texas was a team that was completely and utterly checked out, they were still an excellent offensive team statistically heading into this game. I mean, you look at their stats, like like they just like run over teams like 43.8% third down, almost 200 rushing yards a game, like 400 uh, total yards a game, uh, 35 points a game. Like we held them well under their averages for almost everything other than rushing yards. And they didn't get, and they got like 70 of those on like the last drive. So yeah. nice job, Clandy. Yep. However, however, <laughs> we have to talk about Messingham. Turns out there's another coordinator on this team. Yeah. What a mess. Normally, it's me that makes the bad puns. He deserves it. Good one. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that peaked really bad on the audio. <laughs> That's going to... Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're, we're trying to dance around it. Messingham lost us the game. It is... I don't feel like there's any way that you could possibly interpret this game. Unless you're willing to put it on Will. Will-ing. Um, Will or won't Howard? If neither? Given, if, neither? If, <laughs> neither? But there, there's no way around it. Courtney Messingham almost single-handedly lost us the game. And I'm not even talking about the two drives that everyone's going to talk about. The failed fourth down conversion drive, especially the last one. God, that last one was horrible. That last one, yes, it was bad. 
But Messingham, I'm going to go as far to say that he, in a total of maybe like 50 or 60 offensive snaps, you know, I think he maybe had two good play calls, a bunch that were fine, and then everything else was genuinely, like 12-year-old randomly pressing buttons playing Madden makes better play calls. Yeah, the Ask Coach section on NCAA football or Madden, like they just give you the randomly generated plays, the AIs, like this might work. That probably would have won us the game. <laughs> yeah. And that's not me being ironic or like being like a... Like a foundation yeah. user. Yeah, or being just like a stupid hater that like doesn't actually really know anything. I still don't really know anything, but like I'm, I'm saying that legitimately because I try not to go into hyperbole too much with coaches and with losses and with player performances because when you go into hyperbole it just kind of nullifies almost everything you say because then everything is just overblown. This was awful. Like, it was borderline unwatchable. This was a game that was televised and seen by a lot of people. I believe it was national television. It was. A lot of people saw this game. It was Black Friday. A lot of people have the day off work. It was a big noon game. Big noon game on Black Friday. And... A lot of people got to see K-State set football offense back 30 years. <laughs> and that falls on the shoulders of a single man that was unable to scheme around arguably the second or third worst defense in the conference. Yep. Yeah, if you can't tell, I gave Courtney Messingham an F. You apparently invented a new grade. I gave him an F-. minus. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I've been, That's not unfair. I have been saving it for a worthwhile situation. I was I thought about giving an F minus a few times this year. Like Clannerman, I considered it when we were doing really bad, but I never I never decided I left that in my back pocket because I was like, surely some unit will just be so awful at some point. At preseason, I was like, oh, it'll be like the linebackers or the receivers or something like that. Nay. Nay. <laughs> it was what we should have expected all along. The agenda has returned. No, no, no. There's a difference but, but between But it's that. not an agenda. It's not an agenda. It's just telling people it's the like, truth. It's like the median opinion of the fan base at like, this point. I, like, no, no, no. It's not the median it is the majority. Yeah. Like, because the majority of people are like, uh uh-huh, fire messing it. No. No. <laughs> it is reached, like, critical mass. Where if you go on, like, even popular K-State Twitter accounts that normally, like, I'm not going to say keep their mouths shut because there's one in particular that is very good at not keeping his mouth shut. Yeah. But, like, even the popular K-State Twitter Grant, it's <laughs> Even Grant is, like... Just fire Messingham. I think he's done it like two or three days in a row now. Yeah, I, a lot of K State Twitter right now is in that like, like just woke up. Have we fired Mess yet? Mode. Like, I think it's gonna be like this for a while unless he just calls an immaculate bowl game. Like if we play like Clemson in the Cheez It Bowl and like dice up the Venables defense for like six hundred yards. Ah, uh, yes, the good ending that we're all expecting. <laughs> if that were to happen, I would honestly partially forgive him because. That would be insane. Clemson's taking a step back, but their defense is still like, wow, like still ranked. Yeah, yeah, they're they're ranked. They're they're still nine and three here, I think, or eight and four or something. Like, yeah, it's a bad year for them, but like they're better than we are. And <laughs> like, I, I mess was, uh, oh my gosh, like I. I know there's a there's a few people I think that are blaming Will for the losses, like a knee jerk reaction. I think to when anything goes bad, it's it's Will's fault, but it's not. It's simply not. It's not a single player on the offense's fault. They did what they were asked to do, basically every time. Will missed two deep throws. Okay. Like, that's, like, Skyler probably misses those throws, too. Skyler absolutely would miss those throws, I think. Like, I I just think those were really tough passes. Because they were deep throws down the middle, and there, like, were safeties in the area, and they were kind of covered, honestly. Like, Like, it wasn't like they were wide open. They were like, you need to make a very accurate throw to make those passes. And that's still the right read for what he was given. Yeah. 
Like, I just... It was a mind-boggling game. The third quarter, we just didn't run deuce. Like, maybe once or twice, if that. Like, we didn't have a lot of offensive plays in the third quarter, which, granted, a lot of that was because we were just punting every time. Like, I don't, I don't even know. Like, like I, I just want to... I'm going to go through and see how many times uh, Deuce Vaughn ran the ball in the third quarter. You talk a little bit. Okay. Yeah, it, it's just... Like, you know, we try not to be very reactionary on this show, but it's... It truly is... Like, this is a... To my mind, this is a fireable performance, especially when you're not an offensive coordinator who's had, like, a nutty game. Because even when we've given Messingham an A, we've just said he's had a good game. Like, he's had a, he's had one or two great games, but he has he's not so consistently great or amazing or able to get more out of his players than they can reasonably provide in any other scheme that basically Messingham doesn't elevate the offense. He will do what he can with the pieces he is given on good days, but he will never be able to elevate your pieces above what you would expect from them. And that is the difference between a good play caller and a great play caller. Because it is was for the here's a perfect example. Was Joe Burrow in twenty nineteen the most physically gifted quarterback in that class? No. Absolutely not. That honor belongs to Justin Herbert. But the play calling that was there and the talent that was surrounding him allowed every bit of that talent to work together and gel in such a way that it created a beautiful symphony and became one of the best college football offenses in history. All because their coordinator, I think it was Joe Brady at the time, I think so, was able to work everything in concert together and elevate to where they were all playing together Everyone knew their role, and they knew how to exploit each person's talents. There's a famous quote by Bill Belichick, and this will be the end of my rant here. There's a famous quote by Bill Belichick. It says, I don't look for what players can't do. I, it's something like that, at least. I don't look at what players can't do. I look at what they can do and how it can help us and how to best use it. That is the attitude that coordinators need to have, and I just don't think Messingham has it. Yeah, I just, I went through and I counted in the third quarter, Deuce Vaughn ran the ball four times and two of those carries were the first two plays of the quarter. One of them was a 16-yard gain, the other one was a six-yard gain. Then we proceeded to give Phillip Brooks a rush to the left. And we had the Will Howard, it was like the one read screen pass where it wasn't there and he took off. And it's counted as a sack, but he was kind of like scrambling at that point, so I'm not really sure. It was a one-yard sack, so like whatever. And then he did not get a carry on the uh, following possession. It was an incomplete pass, rush to the right, incomplete pass, which I think were Will's only two incompletions of the second half, which granted he threw the ball like twice. And then Deuce had two more carries at the tail end of the quarter and just i i don't know like we we it's we knew at the beginning of the third quarter we gave him two carries and then we just tried to get cute like we were trying to be unnecessarily complex like i get not wanting to be predictable like that's important but there's ways to not be predictable while also not going out of your way to make things overly complicated. Yeah. Just give Will some easy throws to soften up the defense, which we clearly know how to do because we did that on that second-to-last drive. We did that last year. Yeah, we did that last year as well. Like, I I just don't know what to say. It was an absolutely mind-boggling performance from Messingham. Like, I, I didn't hate Mess before this game. I know a lot of people did. I didn't hate him. I kind of do now as a coordinator. Great. As a dude, he seems fine. He seems like a, seems like a super swell guy. Like, this isn't personal, but, like, wow. Like, he just, he's really, it feels like he let the, he let the offense down. Like, because, like, even Kleiman seemed flabbergasted by the play calling. 
Like yeah, and and Kleiman has had. I don't think he's ever come anywhere close to like. He will say we as coaches. I think he specifically called out the play calling. He's never done that before. Yeah, I've never seen him specifically go out of his way to criticize play calling. Period. Because he's normally, yeah, like, he's been like, yeah, like, we have to be better as coaches. We have to have the players better prepared, which, like, yeah, that's true. But It's coach speak, but it's true. Yeah. He, even though he's a defensive-minded coach, we should consider the the possibility of him taking over play calling. Like, I wouldn't hate it. He, at least, would not be any worse than Messingham. Like, not in this game, no. Yeah. If Kleiman, yeah, Kleiman had called the plays against Texas, he would have at the very least been just as bad. Which, granted, is the floor for play calling, I would say. The only way it could have been worse was, I don't know if he put, like, Jaron Lewis in. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, Jaron Lewis time. Anyway, yeah, I I feel like we've harped on this point enough. Yeah, there's just there's not a lot more that we can say that hasn't already been said, I think. Like, a lot of other people have covered this already. Everybody's mad at Messingham. I wouldn't bank on there being a coordinator change. I wouldn't either. I I would definitely not bet the farm on it. I'd say the word like the like the best case scenario is Messingham voluntarily steps down because he's not getting fired. No. He would have to do what Klein did, and voluntarily in air quotes voluntarily yeah. step down. I think. The only way that, that that this situation can save face is if we hire someone as a co-offensive coordinator and it's really just like a name only. Yeah. And that'd be Matt Wells, I'm assuming. Please. I would actually be very happy. Wikipedia time. <laughs> it's time for Wikipedia to be the factual list of K-State, of K-State coaches. But yeah, that, that could be a way to save face. Messingham voluntarily taking into motion to be like the receiver's coach because... I, that is coach. something I will say. He's an all right receivers coach. He, the the receivers this year they were better than they were last year. Like that that's just a fact. Tight ends got worse, but uh, yeah, yeah. Wonder why? Who's what could be the reason for that? Who's I, co- say who's coaching the tight ends, Ace? Me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Now we can get into MVPs. I feel like this will be... Well, offense will be short. It's Deuce. Deuces. Yeah. And... Oh, are you saying that for offense and defense? Yeah. I have a different defensive MVP. TJ. Because TJ, I feel like, had the play that could have shifted the momentum the most and kind of did. Yeah. But, you know, it... Whenever you hand that momentum to, you know, a black hole, nothing can exist there, so... Yeah, I just... What was the series after the pick? Uh, oh, that was the touchdown yes. to, to Deuce. Yeah. So that did totally shift the game in that moment. Yeah. Like, in that moment, I felt confident. I actually... I, I did really feel confident at that moment that we could figure it out. But... Um, we didn't. <laughs> yeah. I gave offense to Deuce because... Yeah, obviously. And then... I also gave defense to Daniel Green because man was once again insane. He's flying around and he gets the extra bonus because he's coming back. So. Yeah. so now let's go into general takeaways for the game. And the first and foremost is I don't care who we put at quarterback this year or next. The number one thing that we need to do is trust them. So I don't care if I, okay, I do care because I will be angry. <laughs> But if we get, like, Adrian Martinez in the transfer portal, don't. But if we do, at least trust him. Because, like, the this is what happens when you don't trust a quarterback. Will's not perfect. He's never going to be perfect. He never will be perfect. But he's young and has decent enough tools and traits to where you can work with it. Yeah. He has a good frame. And he has running ability. I think he improved as a runner this year in terms of his running form. Uh, he looked uh, a little faster because I think we improved uh, his running form. Yeah, because he doesn't look like a giraffe anymore. <laughs> yes. And, like, at least in that sense, he got it figured out. Um, at times, he's looked more confident in the pocket. It's kind of hit and miss, drive to drive. Mm-hmm. That last drive, uh, the second to last drive, I should say, 
uh, he was standing tall and making confident throws. Mm-hmm. Uh, even on the final drive, uh, he was he did the best he could, like given the amount of time that we have and just how poor we are at hurry up offense because we just such an opposite of that most of the time. But yeah, we we just need to learn to trust next year whoever's going to be a QB. Adrian Martinez, I would have mixed feelings on, but I think he's a lateral move from Will. I think at worst he is a lateral move but i think he's maybe a slight step up if for no other reason than i think that he'd be a really nice read option threat because will is a good read option threat because he is a good runner but adrian martinez is a little faster i think and he also there's in general is like he's just a solid runner he has that reputation at least yeah and like, I think he provides a nice threat in the backfield. And if we're not going to trust our quarterback, we might as well have a shifty quarterback runner to yeah. at least have them respect that other option a little bit more regarding Deuce. Like, that's the only thing I can think of. So Because I think they're probably at worst equals throwing the ball. Yeah. So, and not a lot of it comes down to play calling and stuff, which, as we have seen, so. Yeah. But I don't know. There's plenty of other quarterbacks in the uh, portal. Um, Harrison Bailey's in the portal. I want to. I want us to at least try and get Dylan Gabriel. I know he won't come here, but I want to try. Mm-mm. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to throw him a pitch and see what he says. Uh, Harrison Bailey, like, just like say, hey, we'll we'll hand you the keys. Like, if you come here, like you will start because he will. Like, he will start over Will. He will start over Jaron. He will start over Jake. Like, that is without a doubt. Like, he will start over all of those guys. Yeah. Like, former five-star crew. Like, he'll... he'll Just based off pure talent alone. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, Next point, Mess needs to be fired. That's it. At minimum... Demotion. At minimum, demotion. Uh, Or absolute minimum, which actually I might even prefer this a bit more. Now that I'm thinking... Like like I said earlier, it was the co-offensive coordinator. Just like, why not? Ah, uh, yes, you willed the co-offensive coordinators, Courtney Messingham and Jason Ray, into existence. Please stop. Please stop. <laughs> Shut up. I hate you. <laughs> the Aggie Alley Cats are canceled. Now you know how I felt during the realignment episode. <laughs> okay. It's not a fun feeling, is it? It wasn't that bad. It no, was funny. It, it was that bad. It was hypothetical for a while. But for a while. For like 10 days, it was hypothetical. Yeah. Uh, next up, let's not run Deuce Vaughn Wildcat. Yeah. Just, let's not do that. I, yeah, that worked like once, and then they were like, oh, that's the thing we've practiced against all week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, Mess saw the other team run Wildcat and was like, for sure their starting defense hasn't seen that at all. After Texas doesn't do it the entire year. And then Roshan Johnson just comes in and basically is the starting quarterback. And it's like, yeah. So the defense saw that a lot in practice that week, whether they were facing it or just watching it. So they knew what it was. And Mess was like, I'll do that. Oh, why isn't it working? Who's to say, Courtney? <laughs> Who's I, to say? Uh, also, this isn't really a takeaway, though I guess it technically is a takeaway. I said this to you the day of. The best play call ever made with Will Howard as the starting quarterback, the best offensive play call was made by Will Howard at the line of scrimmage. This game? No, just in general. The Nevada uh, game, baby touchdown. Yep. That was Will. Yeah, that, that is a... Little known fact, I think. Well, I don't know. I think it's just forgotten. Like, now the best play call ever made in a Will Howard quarterbacked game was a Will Howard call because they gave him probably like a milk toast run play that wasn't going to work. And then he's like, hey, let's just throw a touchdown. He's like, like, hey, wait, that's a good matchup. Yeah. Let me use my Ivy League offered brain because he had Ivy League offers, so I don't know why we treat him like he's stupid. Man's smart. Like he clearly is intelligent. All, academic All Big Twelve, Ivy League offers. No, he guys, he might be stupid. He might be stupid. Like no, I. Uh, on a related note, Mess really, really needs to be fired. Um, unrelated note, actually, somewhat related note. Will is really just one coach away from being a good quarterback. 
whether it be an OC or a quarterback's coach. Randy Hedberg. I, I'm not exaggerating when I say I think Randy Hedberg, if he comes in, it, honestly, if even if he just like visits K-State for two months, I think if Will Howard works with Randy Hedberg for two months, Will Howard comes back a completely different quarterback. Because most of his issues are technical or mental. Very yeah. rarely is it mental. And th- this is where I was going to go into my rant that I mentioned earlier. So, like, probably the biggest example that everyone looks at is why why does Will look so slow in the pocket? Well, that's because the way that he tapes his drop back, he takes this really awkward punch step because his wrong foot's forward. Technically, it's not his wrong foot because Baker Mayfield does the same thing, but Baker Mayfield does it better because he's faster, Yeah. at least in terms of footwork. Because he had a quarterback's coach that actually taught him how to deal with that footwork, but that's neither here nor there. So he takes a step for he takes a punch step, and then he backpedals as opposed to laterally moves, which means that he doesn't get the momentum that you naturally get winding up your throw while you're horizontal and you're still making the exact same reads. No one has taught Will that. That is like, granted, should Will have known that coming in? You could make the argument probably, but nevertheless, that's something a good QB's coach irons out like day two. Because that's just really basic footwork stuff that you can get done with drilling. No one's taught him that. And the only reason I say no one's taught him that, I technically I guess I don't know. I'm not in the room. I don't know what he is and isn't learning. But like You would think that's something they would spend so if he should have learned it in the off season if they had taught him. And if they did teach him, it's inexcusable that he's still doing it. Because like that should have been one of the first things that they taught him. Like, and they should have had his muscle memory by now. Yeah. But that indicates to me either will Ivy League offer academic all Big 12, very smart person, was unable to retain a very basic amount of information about a very basic part of his footwork, or the more likely scenario, Colin Klein didn't tell him. Or, more likely, Colin Klein didn't notice yeah, I, I I hate doing this because, like, I'm not a coach. And, like, I don't want to disrespect other coaches because right now it sounds like we're saying Colin Klein is stupid. I don't think Colin Klein is stupid. I don't think Colin Klein is stupid. But, like, I just... <laughs> come on! Like, it's it's a very basic small thing. Maybe they just have overlooked it because they think there's larger issues at play mentally maybe just i don't know like which honestly after this game maybe a lot of will's issues on the mental side come from the fact that the staff doesn't trust him maybe that's the confidence issue like maybe maybe we're overthinking it because you can't even say like trust the me that trusts in you you don't trust him yeah like at some point you have to put some legitimate trust in to will if you want him to gain the confidence that you say that you want him to have because if you aren't willing to trust him but you tell him to be confident that's just not going to work because if his own coaching staff doesn't believe in him to make the good plays how is he going to believe in himself to make the good plays yeah and then another small technical thing that could be ironed out is he pigeon throws his throws it's pigeon toes his throws rather which is what Carson Wentz did his final year why he's so inaccurate, or why he was so inaccurate. You just point your foot to where you're going to throw. Again, like I, that's why baseball players tend to make good quarterbacks, because that's something you're taught from a very young age as a baseball player. But I, he is literally just one coach away from being a really good coach, because he has the mental. He can learn. I yeah. guarantee you he can learn. He has a physical tool. Does he have a nuclear missile for an arm? No. He has a good arm. Marginally, maybe better than Skyler's. Marginally. He's fast. Granted, sometimes he looks less than graceful. He can have decent pocket presence. Everything that is quote-unquote wrong with Will Howard is almost exclusively down to just not getting coached about it. And that is some of the most horribly depressing things that you can hear. Because that puts you in one of two situations. You get a quarterback that knows more 
than what he's getting coached as soon as he comes in so he doesn't have to deal with those problems, or you get any other quarterback and the problems never get fixed. Both realities are equally sad. Yep. It's, uh, it's very sad. And Will, he deserves better from the current coaching staff. Like the co- the coaching staff, they have to, they 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 need to give him more than what they gave him uh, against Texas. Yeah. And like, I don't know this something something will will good coaching staff bad. I guess I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> like, something something. But yeah, uh, if anything. Will did prove that he's faster than Jaron because he outran the Texas secondary. <laughs> okay, the, probably the most athletic secondary in the Big 12. Bill the Butcher. Yep. <laughs> uh, anyway, that pretty much wraps up what we wanted to say for this episode. And thank you all so much for listening. If you want to follow us on Twitter or contact us on social media, we are at Aggieville A Cats on Twitter. That is capital A, capital A, and capital C in cats. If you want to email us, we are AggievilleAlleyCats at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on a more personal note, I am at acedward 0 I am at Connor Balthazor, capital C, capital B. If you want to support us in a more financial sense, we're always looking for sponsors, but we also have a merch store where you can buy such designs as Neon Alley Cats and Play Sandstorm Cowards. But most importantly, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. Where come rain, shine, or anything in between, we're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. Stay safe, Alley Cats.